Good morning, Good News Church. Beautiful, liquid sunshine morning. Uh, my name's Jim Shelton, and my wife Diane and I have been blessed to be members of Good News Church for three years this month. And uh, what a joy it's been to us. Uh, we also are celebrating this month. Um, God has blessed us with 48 years of marriage. <laughs> and uh, it's been a, a wonderful walk. There's peaks and there's valleys, but he's always right there with you. And uh, we just, you know, we're so happy to be here. Uh, we are blessed. And we thank you all for being part of our family. Uh, we have a small group. This is part of our small group. We are called, interesting enough, Hope Dealers. And uh, that's half of our group. The other half, we've started naming them the nomads. They, uh, two of them are snowbirds. Uh, the other four travel quite a bit on the business. So, uh, you know, we just, it's, you know, potluck, who's going to show up. But we have a joyous time worshiping and learning from uh, the, the, the gospel messages that Smiley brings, and we grow more together. And if you're not in a small group, all I can say is you're missing a whole bunch. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. We have a connect card in the seats in front of you on the back. If you would take a time, if this take a minute, if this is your first time visiting with us, first of all, welcome. And second, we'd like to get to know you. If you would take this card and after Smiley speaks, sit for a minute and fill it out and uh, let us know who you are and a little bit about you and any needs you might have. On the back, there's a place for notes. Uh, there's a lot of information here, and uh, it's just our way of getting connected, and we would love to be connected with you. Uh, our family is very connected. And we love each other, and we'd like to bring you into that love. Next, we have Discover Good News. If you've been coming for a while, and you say, wow, this is really a good church family. We'd like to be a part of it. This is where you want to go. And the dates are at the bottom there. Uh, they are this week. So if you've got a lot of activities already lined up for this week, um, Every week, every month, we have the classes. So uh, uh, we encourage you to go there, and uh, it's a wonderful. From that meeting, you'll get to know another step of the wonderful fellowship of this church family, and you'll get a lot of questions answered and let you know how we love each other. Um, today is Veterans Day, and... Uh, a lot of people don't know, uh, familiar with the difference between Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Why do you have two? Memorial Day, which we celebrated in the summer, is the remembrance of those who gave their lives for us in the call of duty in the armed forces. Now, they're veterans, but they've gone on. Veterans Day is for them, but it's also for all the men and women 
that have served in the various branches of the armed forces for our country over the years. Uh, this would include United States Army, the U.S. Navy, the Marine Corps, the United States Air Force, United States Coast Guard, and the newest member is the Space Force. And none of us know too much about the Space Force, but they're part of it, and they're veterans. So, but uh, as a church family, we just wanted to honor and recognize the wonderful gift that veterans have given us for our freedom to be here this morning. Uh, they uh, have done so much. Uh, a veteran, I don't care whether you've been on some of the nasty places that we hear about every day on the other side of the world, or if you spent a career in Jacksonville, Florida, they served their country. And we, as a family, should always remember them and appreciate them and uh, honor them. Uh, I would like to take a second, and any people that are in here, any members, men and women, that served or are serving right now in the armed forces, could you please stand? Thank you. Thank you for your honor, for your patriotism, for your duty. What a blessing. Now I have one other group. It's the support group, soldiers and airmen and, uh, and sailors and Marines and Coast Guardmen. All of them leave family behind to go and serve. That's the first part of the the, the duty is to, you have to go serve, and that means leaving your family. And uh, that's a lonely time uh, when you first go away, and your family's still back there, and they're still supporting. So I would like, if there's any people here that they have family members that have served, but their, their members weren't in that group that stood up, if there's family here that has a veteran, and a veteran, a person that joined the service yesterday as a veteran. It's not people that went all over the place and, and are finished now. So if there's a family and you have a service member that is on duty now and is not present, would you please stand? I don't know if we got any. There we go. There's one in the back. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for being here. Faith Church is starting a new ministry, and it's for veterans. It's the, the uh, driving leadership of this is uh, uh, Brigadier General um, uh, Fleming. <laughs> My mind just went gone. And uh, he's done a lot of work on this and some other people. But we're opening up a ministry to serve past and present veterans and their families. Uh, this is on, as you can see, Good News Loves Military, read for you. But uh, 
it's up, it's on the website, and we are looking at new ways to serve and connect. There's so many resources that are available for veterans and their families and their struggles, be they financial, be they emotional, uh, just uh, maybe employment-wise. Uh, we want to be a continuity of coming from the church to let you know we love you and we want to help support you. So uh, get a chance, go on the web page, and uh, if you go onto the main home web page, uh, up in the far right-hand corner, the three little dots, which us techie guys like I used to be, we call that a hamburger because there's three little fingers. <laughs> they call that a hamburger. <laughs> but if you click on there, there's all kind of information that opens up. It's kind of like magic. But uh, anyway, um, we uh, appreciate you again, and we honor you folks, and uh, we are here for you. If there's things we can do for you, uh, let us know. Um, I'd like to pray now as Smiley comes up for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for our veterans, dear Lord, that have served this country over the years. Thank you for those that are currently serving. Please bless them, hold them, protect them. Be with Smiley, dear Lord, this morning, and through the Holy Spirit, lead him as he brings us hope. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Jim. If, if you're new or if you didn't pick up a study last week on seats near you, there is a study. It's a disciple-making tool. Love for you to pick it up. There's a place for message notes. There are small group lessons in there. Um, we'd love to invite you to join us as we read through the Bible this week. It's going to be really, really good. Love to have you with us. We also rejoice at seeing one person put their faith in Christ this week. <clears throat> And what's even more exciting than that, that we're praying that the number of evangelists we would have as a church would double this year. So last year we had 46, and so that would be 92. And, and here we are about six or seven weeks out, we've had 86 people lead someone to faith in Christ. So you might be one of those six that help us get to 92. Love for you to pray that we would get there. If you are new, welcome. This is a great place to come and see Jesus. And the way we see Jesus is in His Word. And really invite you to bring a Bible with you. We've been reading through the book of 2 Timothy. And we're in chapter 4 this week. 2 Timothy 4. If you have your Bible, turn there with me. And if you don't, you can follow on the screens. And I would invite you, if you're able, would you stand as we read this passage Starting in verse 16, at my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished, and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. 
<laughs> Listen, if you, if you squeeze an orange, what comes out of it? Orange juice. So if someone squeezed you, what would come out of you? You, you know, what we find in this passage is when you squeeze Paul, you know what comes out? Jesus comes out. When Paul gets squeezed, you know what comes out? The gospel comes out. The good news of the gospel just oozes out of him. And that good news is that Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Jesus is our only hope in life and death. And, and that's going to be the action step for, or the, the point of today's message is that when you're attacked, preach the gospel. What I want today is that you would be so full of Jesus so full of the gospel that when you're attacked, what comes out of you, what comes out of you is the gospel, that Jesus just oozes out of you, that Jesus is our only hope in life and death is what comes out of you, and that's why we're hope dealers. And uh, I get to wear this shirt for three weeks. Someone asked me, did I wash it? No, I didn't wash it, but it was washed, okay? And what a hope dealer is, we peddle hopium to people. That's what we peddle, and what do we share with others? We share Jesus, that Jesus is our only hope in life and death. And do you know what happens when we do life with Jesus? When Jesus is our only hope in life and death, what hope is is the joyful expectancy that the best is yet to come. How many people do you meet whose faces reflect that they believe that the best is yet to come? That's what we're here for, to share that hope with others, that Jesus is our only hope in life and death. So what is the, where is Paul as he, as he reads this? He's in prison. And you know what? He's about to be executed. He's about to be martyred. And, and why is he, why is he writing 2 Timothy? Because he loves the gospel, and so do I. Matter of fact, our church is called Good News Church. Do you know why? Because we love the gospel. In a world filled with bad news, every week we gather together, right? And, and we are filled up with hopium so we can go and give it away. And so what we've been doing this week, Paul wants Timothy, after he dies, to carry on the gospel. Carry it on. Carry it on. Timothy, when you're attacked, preach the gospel. So here's what we've learned in the, in the four chapters of, of 2 Timothy. In chapter 1, we learn guard the gospel. The gospel is treasure. It's treasure. And there's always people who attack the gospel, those who want to take away from it, those who want to add to it. So guard the gospel. Then in chapter 2, we learn there's things in life worth suffering for. The gospel is treasure. So be willing to suffer for the gospel. Listen, sometimes when we share the gospel, there's hostility. The gospel's worth suffering for. Suffer for the gospel. And then we learned in chapter 3 to continue in the gospel. Don't give up. Don't give up. Continue in the gospel. Oh, in chapter 4, chapter 4, Paul says, Preach the gospel. Listen, don't keep it to yourself. Preach the gospel that Jesus is our only hope in life and death. And like any good teacher, Paul goes first. He doesn't ask Timothy to do what he was unwilling to do. Paul goes first. When Paul was attacked, he preached the gospel. And he says to Timothy, you can do it too. And he says to us, you can do it. 
You can do it. You've been given the Holy Spirit. You can do it. So, so let's start to unpack that when you are attacked, preach the gospel. Look at verse 16. At my first defense, what's he talking about? Some people believe the first def- defense was when Paul was in prison, the first time we read about that in Acts 28, that when Paul was in prison the first time, and most people believe he was then released, preached the gospel some more, and then was arrested again. That's what some people believe the first defense is. Other commentators, including me, believe no. The first defense is kind of like if, if we're arrested, we have a, a first appearance in court where the judge makes sure that there's sufficient evidence against us, right, that that's the first appearance, and then later comes the trial after that. And I think that is what he's saying here. But listen to what he says. At my first defense... No one supported me. You ever watch a, a crime, I mean, a, a courtroom, and, and when the verdict comes in and uh, the, the defendant rises, and who stands with him? Who stands with him? His attorney stands with him, so he doesn't stand alone. So I want you to picture Paul in Rome before the, the tribunal, and, and, and all these witnesses are against him. And no one supported him. Um, at my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. Oh. Wow. And that word deserted, that word deserted is a very, very powerful word. Remember when Jesus was on the cross in Matthew, uh, when Jesus is on the cross and he says what he says, uh, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lamas, I'm back tonight. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See that word forsaken? The forsaken there is the same word that Paul is using when he says that all deserted me. Um, you remember, right? Jesus is what he's betrayed by a friend with the kiss. Have you ever been deserted? Did you know Jesus understands? His small group, they ran away, didn't they? Peter denied that he knew him, and then on the cross, the Father and the Holy Spirit, listen, they turned their back on Jesus, and he suffered and died on the cross for our sins alone. Wow. Do you feel... Paul's pain. At my first defense, no one supported me. Haven't we all experienced that, haven't we? Haven't we all had that experience that when we needed our friends the most, they deserted us? Doesn't that hurt? But can we be honest? Haven't we not only been the deserted, but haven't we all been the deserter, haven't we? Haven't there been times in our lives when we could have stood up for a friend and didn't? I mean, one of my favorite commercials on TV, some of you will remember it, a, a young lady's calling her friends to help her move. Some guys are out in a the boat. They see that, well, I'm not picking that one up. Come on, have you ever done that? A friend called and you said, I, I don't want to answer that, or the doorbell rang and you hid. Oh, man. We all know what it's like to, to be deserted, Right? But haven't we all failed to be there 
when a friend needed us to. Um, but listen, when you're attacked, preach the gospel. When Paul gets squeezed, notice what comes out. May it not be counted against them. Boy, the gospel just overflows out of him, right? <laughs> I mean, forgiven people forgive, and what comes out of him is a forgiving spirit. May it not be counted against them. And that sounds like what? That reminds you of who? Of Jesus, doesn't it? But you know, Paul was not there. Paul was not at the cross when Jesus looked at those screaming at him and said, what, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Um, but someone else said that too, you know, and Paul was there. You know who else said that? Stephen did, right? Remember in Acts 7 and Acts 7, the apostle Paul, or that Stephen is being martyred, and what's Paul doing? He's holding the coats, right? He's holding the coats of those that are stoning Stephen, Listen to Acts 7, verse 59. They went on stoning Stephen. You ever just stop and do you, do you ever just imagine your Stephen and your fellow citizens that, that perhaps once were your friends and now they hate you so much that they're trying to stone you to death? Oh, I'm sure that was a painful and slow death. Do you notice what it says? They what? They went on stoning Stephen. As he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And again, who does that remind you of? Isn't that exactly what Jesus said on the cross? One of the, his words from the cross was what? Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Oh. But then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Having said this, he fell asleep. And man, when Stephen was attacked, the gospel just overflowed out of him, didn't he? Because you know what? Forgiven people forgive. And those that have been forgiven much forgive much. Oh. So what did Jesus teach us to pray uh, on a daily basis? He taught us to pray what? Forgive us our debts, right? Ask what? Ask we forgive our debtors. Um, do you know that ministry is hard? That if someone's involved in full-time ministry, sometimes people disappoint them and desert them. And you know, sometimes they disappoint others too, isn't it? Do you know marriage is hard? That uh, sometimes, sometimes our spouse disappoints us, right? And do you know sometimes we disappoint our spouse, right? Life is hard, isn't it? I mean, people desert us and they hurt us, but don't we hurt others? Oh, how many marriages, how many churches would have been saved if people simply prayed, Father, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors? Oh, when we're attacked, what we want is the gospel to flow out of us. Matter of fact, I, I want to show you a verse. Uh, didn't you enjoy finishing reading Hebrews this week, didn't you? And remember when we were in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15? See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. You ever walk across a sidewalk that's been buckled by a root? The root grew and grew, and pretty soon it buckled it, right? That's what happens with bitterness. We get hurt by our spouse. 
we get hurt by our church, by our small group, by a neighbor, and we don't forgive, and we become bitter, and pretty soon it chokes out our spiritual life. Don't let that happen to you. So important, Father, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Is there a root of bitterness in your heart? Ask Jesus to take it out of you. Do you have a friend? Do you have a friend who's being undone by the... Don't let them be undone by bitterness. Help them to pull that root of bitterness out of their heart. Back to 2 Timothy At my first offense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them, but. (laughs) I always tell you there's good buts and bad buts, right? And man, this is a good one. All my friends deserted me, but. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles may hear and I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. I am so thankful to be a Christian, aren't you? I am so thankful because you know what? We have a friend. We have a friend and we have a purpose. We have a friend and we have a purpose. And oh, our friend. Our friend is Jesus. And when he moves in, you know what he promises? He'll never move out. Didn't you love reading this week in Hebrews? Didn't you? Oh, one of my favorite, favorite verses about my friend Jesus. Hebrews 13, 5, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Don't we all want a friend like that? It's funny being a pastor and maybe doing pre-marriage counseling and people will say, well, I found someone who loves me just the way that I am. Some of you have been married, you realize that's not so true, right? But you know, there is one person. When he moves in, he never moves out, and his name is Jesus. Isn't that the most wonderful thing you've ever heard? I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we may confident, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Oh, life is so different when we're not alone. Life is so different when we have a friend who, when he moves in, says, I'm never moving out. And you know what? When we have a best friend like Jesus then we can enjoy human friendships. When we have one friend who never leaves, then we can enjoy the flawed friendships we have with others. You see, Jesus enables us to enjoy flawed friendships. He does. Listen, Jesus enables us to enjoy a happily imperfect marriage because we have one friend who never leaves. Jesus enables us to enjoy a happily imperfect small group Man, our small group is so imperfect, but when we have a perfect friend, then we can enjoy a happily imperfect friendship. Um, Listen, a friendship, a fellowship can only take place among people who not only know they are forgiven, but they still need forgiveness. 
You know what makes a good marriage? When people realize not only are they forgiven, but they still need forgiveness. You know what enables us to do life together in a small group? When we recognize not only that we have been forgiven, but we still need forgiveness. You know why I want to give others a lot of grace? Because I know I will need lots of grace. Don't you? Wouldn't it be great to be a part of a marriage? Wouldn't it be great to be a part of a small group or a church that both received grace and gave it? Uh, In Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another. You know why we can be kind? Because Jesus has been kind to us, right? Tenderhearted. You know why we can be tenderhearted? Because Jesus has been tenderhearted with us, forgiving each other. How do we do that? Just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Oh, man, I'm so thankful to be a Christian. You know why? Because we have a friend. We have a friend. Jesus is our only hope in life and death. He's our only hope. And we have a friend. And when we have a friend like Jesus, then we can enjoy. We can enjoy happily and perfect friendships with others. Um, And we get a purpose. The Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished. Oh, Jesus gives us a purpose that we would preach the gospel. When you're attacked, preach the gospel. And what is the gospel? It's the good news that Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Is our country divided, is it? What would you say? You guys awake? Is it divided? But there's one thing we would all agree on. You know what it is? That our country's broken, right? I think everybody in our country would agree our country's broken. We only disagree on what? What the problem is and what the solution is, right? So it's so important we get that right. We live in a culture that says the problem is outside of us and the solution is inside of us. They say what's wrong with our country is, you know, patriarchy. It's, it's men ruling in their families. That's the problem. It's outside of us. The problem is it's the police. It's outside of us. And if we got rid of those things, our inner goodness would just, it would just come out. And the gospel says exactly the opposite. The gospel says the problem is what? It's inside of us. What's wrong with our country? I am. You are. We are. And the solution is outside of us that Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Let me show you that. In Jesus' day, uh, the religious leaders were very concerned about what they ate because they wanted to be holy. And so in Mark 7, verse 20, and Jesus was saying that that which proceeds out of the mountain, man, that Let me slow down. That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. Notice, he says what comes out, that's what defiles because it reveals what's in our heart. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts and fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slender, pride, and foolishness. All these things proceed from within and defile the man. Listen, if if what was wrong with us was outside of us, wouldn't there be one country in the world? 
Wouldn't there be one country in the world that got structures right and led to human flourishing? But there is no country, right? You know why? Because what? We're all sinners, especially me. Listen, we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. That's our nature. We have a bent towards sin. And because we're sinners, we commit crime after crime against God. We steal and lie and engage in sex outside of marriage. We sin against God, a God who's just, who says what we deserve for what we've done is hell itself. So once we understand the problem is inside of us, then we recognize the solution is what? It's outside of us. We need help. And that's who Jesus is. In Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Help comes from the outside. Help comes from above. God the Son put on flesh and came to earth to take care of our sin problem. And after living a perfect life, He went to the cross. And oh, on the cross, He took our sins upon Himself. And He died in our place to pay the full and awful penalty for our sin, crying out, it is finished. He died for our sins, crying out, it's finished. He was buried, but the third day He rose, proving He had conquered sin and death. And He offers us eternal life. See, Jesus is our only hope in life and death. He offers us eternal life, the forgiveness of sins, the opportunity to do life and eternity with Jesus. And what does it require by us? That we receive Him. Right? That we receive Him by faith as Savior and Lord, that we receive His free gift of eternal life. Have you? Oh, the verse that changed my life, I'll never forget Revelation 3.20, hearing this. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Man, when I saw Jesus, I saw my sin and I realized I needed a Savior, that I had made a mess of my life and and I received Him. And listen, if you've never received Him, won't you today? It really is as simple as ABC where we admit and believe and commit. And you, you can do that now or as I close in prayer, I'd be glad to assist you. But when I saw Jesus, I admitted, Jesus, I've sinned against you in many ways and, and I'm sorry. Won't you do that? And, and then I said, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And then I committed to Him as Savior and Lord. Jesus, come in and forgive me and give me eternal life, and I want you to be the Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, and he did, won't you? Oh, man, if you've done that, did you hear what Jesus said? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. I am so thankful to be a Christian. I get to do life with Jesus. I'm looking forward to doing eternity with him. I get to do life with Jesus and know that I'm forgiven, to have a friend, to have a purpose, to have a future. And that's what Paul is saying. That when Jesus moves in, he has a purpose for our lives. He says, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He leaves us here on earth to preach the gospel, to share the gospel to others. So when you're attacked, preach the gospel. Notice what he says. <clears throat> Strengthen me that, so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear. Paul is on trial, but he's not thinking about himself. He sees Gentiles from all over the world, and he says, what an opportunity to preach the gospel. He's not defending himself. He's exalting Christ. He's preaching the gospel, and he wants Timothy to do the same in us. 
Remember a couple of weeks ago when Travis was preaching in the first part of this chapter? In verse 1, Paul said, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Timothy, preach the word. When you're squeezed, when you're attacked, preach the word. As our culture gets increasingly hostile, preach the word, preach the gospel. Be ready in season and out of season. When you feel like him, when you don't, when it's popular and when it's not. And if it was ever out of season, when was it? It was for Paul, right? I mean, if it was ever out of season, his, his life is on the line. What's he doing? He's preaching the gospel. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instructing. Instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you, be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist. Preach the gospel. Fulfill your ministry. Oh. So Paul, he's saying, the Lord called me. The Lord forgave me. The Lord's my friend. The Lord's given me a purpose. He strengthened me so that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was rescued out of the lion's mouth. He rescued me as I preached the gospel. He rescued me. But Paul knew the day of his death was near. Do you know that we have a purpose line and a lifeline? Did you know that? We have a purpose line in Jesus and we have a lifeline. And when our purpose line ends, our lifeline will end too. And Paul knew, Paul knew that his purpose line and his lifeline were coming to an end. That's why back in verse 6, he said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Paul knew his purpose line was ended, and now his lifeline was ending too. But notice, Jesus is our only hope in life and death. So so notice what he said. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Listen, when they cut my head off, listen, I am going to be with the one I love because Jesus is our only hope in life and death. And Jesus enables us to live well and to die well. (laughs) To live well and to die well. Um, So... We've learned that, listen, when you're attacked, when you're attacked, preach the gospel. And so for an action step this week, for an action step this week, what I want you to do is to preach the gospel, to preach the gospel. Now, first, I want you to understand the what. I want you to preach the gospel to yourself first and then to others this week, to preach to yourself over and over again that Jesus is our only hope in life and ministry. Listen, when you're overwhelmed by what has happened, preach it to yourself first. Jesus is our only hope in life and death, and then to others. So the what is to preach the gospel to yourselves first and then to others. And and you might say, why? Well, because everyone needs the gospel. That's why. We need the gospel, so do others. Why? Because if we're going to be hope dealers, what? We need to be filled with hope ourselves. How can we give away something if we don't have it ourselves? Why is it so important? Because when you're attacked, notice I didn't say what. If, I said when. 
we shouldn't be surprised when we're attacked from the outside. Paul was falsely accused by outsiders, wasn't he? Do you know what Christians were accused of then? They were accused of being cannibals. You know why, right? Because they would eat the body and blood of Christ. And they were accused of being incestuous. You know why? Because they called each other brother and sisters. And they were accused of being seditious because they refused to call Caesar God. False accusations, all, but they were accused. We're accused from the outside of being intolerant, right, or, or hateful. But Paul was also attacked by, from the inside. His, his friends deserted him, and we will be too. Do you know when people accuse us of things, there's only two possibilities, right? They're either true or not. And with both of them, we should respond by preaching the gospel. You know, when someone attacks me and accuses me of something and they're right, like, you know, Smiley, you're not a very loving person, then I would say, you know what, you're right. And I am guilty of far worse things than that. And that's why I'm so thankful to be a Christian because Jesus is our only hope in life and death. My hope is in Jesus, not in my goodness. And sometimes when people accuse us, it's not true, right? Maybe someone would say, you know, Smiley, you drink too much. And listen, about every sin I have, but that's not one of them. And so if someone said that to me, if someone accuses me falsely, I'd say, well, you know, that's not true, but I am guilty of far worse than that. I really am. And that's why I'm so thankful to be a Christian. I'm thankful to be a Christian because Jesus is my hope. He's our only hope in life and death. It's so good when you're full of the gospel and you're attacked, then you can preach the gospel. So what? Preach the gospel. Why? Because everyone needs the gospel. Why? So that when we're attacked, we preach the gospel. But how do we do it? Uh, I'll share with you how I do it. Do you know every morning when I get up, I have breakfast with Jesus? And I don't do that because I'm such a good person. The reason I do that is I find it so hard to forgive people. And I find it so hard to love people. And so I know I'm going to be attacked, and when I am attacked, if I want Jesus to come out, I need to first put Jesus in. So, my favorite verse, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. And so when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I have breakfast with Jesus. How can you leave your house? with Jesus sitting at the table wanting to have breakfast with you, and He has time for you, and you don't have time for Him? Are you that good at forgiving others, are you, that, that you don't need help? And you know what happens when I meet with Jesus? He speaks to me through the Word, and then I speak back to Him through prayer. And every day as I'm praying, one of the things I pray is Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Jesus, I am so thankful that because I'm a Christian, I can't lose. Um, I love that. I mean, I mean, I love the Gators, you know. But they lose all the time. And you know what? That breaks my heart. But oh, how good it is to have a friend who never leaves. How good it is to be a Christian and to know that if I live, it's about Jesus, and if I die, it gets better. I can't lose either way. 
Oh, for to me to live is Christ and I rejoice. Jesus, I get to do life with you and eternity with you. As I do life with you, I'm forgiven. Thank you that I have a friend who never leaves. Thank you that I have a purpose big enough to get up and give my life to. Thank you. And Lord, I'm thankful that when I die, it gets better. And you know what I find? The more I preach the gospel to myself the more opportunities I have to preach the gospel to others. Because everywhere I look, I don't know about you, but I see hopeless people, don't you? Who do you know who's overwhelmed by their failures? Won't you go and share with them, listen, Jesus is our only hope in life and death. You can't be too bad to have eternal life. You can't. You can only be too good. What? Listen, no matter what you've done wrong, if you believe in Jesus, you can be forgiven. The only thing that keeps you from having eternal life is being too good. Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Who do you know who's lonely? Who do you know whose life is empty? Wouldn't they love to know what you... Listen, Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Won't you share with them? Who do you know who's so fearful about the future? Hmm? Who do you know? Who do you know is just, it's just going to get worse? <laughs> Wouldn't they love to know that when you believe in Jesus, listen, you get to live every day of your life knowing that the best is yet to come. Jesus is our only hope in life and death. Man, I am so thankful to be a Christian. I'm so thankful to be forgiven. I'm so thankful to have a friend. I'm so thankful to have a purpose. I'm so thankful to have a future. I'm so thankful to have a friend who's promised to be with me every step of the way, aren't you? And you know what he's promised? To get me safely home. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, you, you are our only hope in life and death. Lord, thank you for coming to save us from our sins. Thank you for living and dying and rising so that we could have eternal life. And listen, if you've never received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, never received eternal life, won't you now? I mean, He's here. Won't you tell Him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and, and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, way to go. Best choice you'll ever make in life. Won't you mark that on your card and put it in the box? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, I pray for all of us who have received you that we would enjoy eternal life, that we would realize that we can't lose, that to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lord, help us to remember that you are our hope in life and death. Lord, this week, may we rejoice that we're forgiven. May we offer forgiveness to others. Lord, this week, may we enjoy having a friend and a purpose. And may we offer that friend and purpose to others. Lord, may we rejoice this week that we have a future. And may we offer that future to others. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.